to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. So tonight I want to continue the series that we started at the beginning of the month. We're talking about living clean in a, in a dirty world. And it's such an important subject because every day around us there's filth, there's dirt that wants to absorb its way into our lives. It wants to infiltrate us. It wants to pollute us. It wants to become a part of us. And I truly believe as we see through this series that it's possible for us to live clean in a dirty world. And tonight we're going to be talking about lethal words. How we can speak lethal words. And just before we go into that, I, I don't want you to miss Sunday. I'm really pumped, really excited about Sunday. Sunday we're going to be dealing with bitterness and forgiveness. A lot of bitter people, a lot of hurt people out there. And we're going to be talking about toxic emotions, how Satan wants to infiltrate our emotions to make us bitter, to make us not forgive and just to be full of anger, to be full of resentment and to kill our lives. And you know what? What bitterness and unforgiveness is, it's the ability to destroy our life. And God doesn't want our lives to be destroyed, but God wants to release us into greatness. So we're going to look at that on Sunday. Listen to this thought. At one time or another, each of us must contend with the stench of someone else's sin and decide how we're going to respond to it. And if we don't handle the hurt properly, their sin becomes a catalyst for your own sin. Did you hear that? Other people's sin as wrong as it is, can become a catalyst for your sin, which is to unforgive, to not forgive people, to have unforgiveness in your life. And God's command to forgive does not have any exceptions. God's commandment to forgive does not have exceptions. So I really truly believe on Sunday, we're really going to be praying, we're going to be ministering for people. I really believe Sunday, a lot of people are going to be set free from the hurts of the past and the pains that have no place in your future, except as a testimony to give glory and honor to God. Amen. The only thing your past, the only part of your past that should be in your future is a testimony of what God's done in your life. And we're just really believing for that. And we want to see you in the house Sunday, 9 or 11 o'clock. You know, more choices, no excuses. So come on, be in the house. Say with me tonight, lethal words. Lethal words. I looked up lethal in the dictionary and it says this, something pertaining to or causing death, that which is deadly and that which is fatal. Another definition of lethal is causing great harm or 
destruction. How many would say that lethal words are not good? Anything that causes harm, anything that causes destruction, anything that's deadly and can be harmful for our life is not a good thing. But yet too often, even as children of God, our lives are filled with lethal words. And that's what we're going to discuss tonight, still under the topic of toxic behavior, because we looked at first the blind spots of our lives, that sometimes we don't realize the things that we're doing that are harmful to us and harmful to others, because at times they can be too close to us. Last week we talked about concerning our minds, how we need to control our minds, how our minds can control us. Anyone had to say stop to your mind this week? I have. How many had to go through the checklist and ask yourself, is that a truth or a lie? Come on. Is that what God's word says? No. So if it's not, what does God's word say? Come on, it works. How many knows it works? To stop those thoughts and to bring into captivity, the Bible says, those thoughts. So tonight we're going to talk about controlling our words. And I'm going to do something strange with the message tonight. I'm going to read the back page of my message before I start the front. Is that good? I'm going to read the conclusion of our message tonight before we start. For this reason, I want you to understand where we're going tonight. I want you to understand what's available for your life from the beginning. So you don't get to the end and say, wow, I can have that. You can know what you can have from the beginning. So as we go through it step by step tonight, you can apply the truths to your life. Okay? So we're not building up to the end. We're going to start with the end. Okay? Here it is. Here's the conclusion to the message. You have the power to create life through your words. You have the power to create life through your words, but you also have the ability to take life by using the power of lethal language. I can create life and I can take life. By what? By the choice of the words that I use. Let me say it another way. You and I, each one of us, we have the power to slay giants and the power to lay down in front of them. We have the power to move mountains and the power to curse them for being in our way. The choice tonight is yours. Just like last week we said your thoughts are yours, so choose them wisely. The same tonight is said, your words are yours, choose right. Why? Because it's all a matter of what you say and how you say it. That's the conclusion of the message tonight. So let's look at that tonight. Let's get ready to go on a journey of life. Mother Teresa said these words. If you're taking notes, write this down. Mother Teresa was an incredible lady that did such incredible things. And she said these words, words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. Let me say that one more time. Words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. I wonder with your words, are you increasing the light of Christ or are you increasing the darkness. It's your words. It's your mouth. It's what comes out of you. Well, they said that. That still does not mean you have to respond in the way 
in which they spoke to you. Come on, one person agrees in the house. Praise God. Anyone remember the saying that we were taught as kids? And it was probably one of the worst sayings that we could ever be taught. And it went like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. What a lie. Let me say that again. What an absolute lie. Because you know what can happen with a stick and stone? You can put a cast on a break and the cast is there to heal. But you know what? Words can devastate your life. Words can absolutely destroy your life. And you, can't, you cannot put a cast over a word and cause healing to take place. I read this in the book Soul Detox by Greg Rochelle. He said, let me give you the adult translation of that saying. And it's this, sticks and stones can cause bruises in your body for a few days. But words can scar your soul for life. Isn't that true? Words will scar your soul for life. Sticks and stones can bruise your body for a few days. But words can scar your soul for life. And there's something about words that we've got to understand. And that is this. Words go both directions. Because it's words that others can speak over our lives. And that others speak about our lives. But then also it can be words that are spoken by us. Over other people or over our lives. So words can be a double-edged sword. In other words, words can kill in and words can kill out. Words spoken over us or words that we speak over other people. Come on, we all know those words, don't we? You'll never amount to anything. I wish I never had you. You're nothing like your brother. You're nothing like your sister. I'm tired of you. You'll never change. I think we all know, unfortunately, too well many times, those type of words that we're talking about tonight. Look what Proverbs 18 verse 21 tells us. Proverbs 18 21 says this. Death and life. Say that with me. Death and life. Come on, one more time. Death and life. Are where? They're in the power of the tongue. Death and life are, is in words. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it or those who speak death or those who speak life, guess what the Bible says? They're going to enjoy the fruit of what they speak. If I speak death, I'm going to reap death. If I speak life, I'm going to enjoy the fruit of life. So the choice tonight is how I speak, whether death or life, determines the fruit that's going to come back to my life, whether death or life. So what you say can give life to other people or it can take life away. Words are powerful beyond imagination. When God created this world, and you've heard me say this so many times, when God created this world, he didn't go down to Lowe's and buy all the lumber he needed to build this and build that. God didn't say, hey, buddy, can you come over here and help me and let's work together. God said, light, darkness, separate. God spoke and the world was 
created. How incredible was that? God used words as creation. Words are very powerful. I say this many times. We create the world that we live in by the words that we speak. We create the world that we live in by the words that we speak. But when God spoke, there was, the Bible says. And there still is today. You know, each one of us at countless times each day, when it comes to what you hear and what you say, you have a choice to make. First of all, when you hear others, what others say, you've got to choose to whether to receive that or to reject that. Is that a truth or is that a lie? Do I receive that or do I reject that? But then there's also when we open our mouths and speak to other people's, come on, we have to speak life or we can have the temptation to take life from people. Have you heard yourself speak lately? I wonder what would happen if you recorded yourself for the day. I wonder what you would do if you recorded yourself in a conversation with your friend and played it back to someone else. I wonder what would happen if our day was played up on the big screen tonight and we were to hear it. I wonder how many of us would be cheering and say, can you turn it up a little bit, Fred? We can't hear it. I wonder how many would be jumping and doing star jumps and grabbing the screen and pulling it and bribing Fred and saying, I'll give you a thousand bucks if you turn that off. Now, we can joke about it, but if we are ashamed of the words that we're saying, how many knows we better make a change? Because we can be so destructive and damnable with our words, uh, uh, causing destruction to other people, but yet also affecting our life. Because there's death and life. And I can say something nasty to Leola and say, huh, I'm showing her, but God says, I'm going to eat the fruit of what? The words I speak. So really, I'm not so much hurting her as much as I'm hurting myself. So when we think we're saying, oh, I showed them, I told them, I wonder who you're really telling. I wonder who's the one that's really suffering. I wonder who's the one that's really eating the fruit of death instead of life. Look what it says in James 3 verse 10. James 3 verse 10. James 3 is a very powerful passage. I encourage you to read it, talking about the unruled tongue and and how it is set on fire from the pit of hell and and, and how it's out of control and, and how God needs to help us. But look what it says in James 3 verse 10. It's almost a conclusion that he comes to and he says these words, Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. And then he says these words, my brethren, these things ought not to be. I like what New Living Translation says. It says this is not right. It's not right that out of the same mouth would come blessing and out of the same mouth would come cursing. Proverbs 12 verse 18 pretty much says the same thing. And it says this, there is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the, the tongue of the wise promotes health. Proverbs 12, verse 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. In other words, 
The Bible is telling us there that each one of us has the ability to speak out of both sides of our mouth. We can speak like a piercing sword that will destroy, that will cause death, or we can choose to what? Promote health, to speak life to people. One translation says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Do I have to spell out to you tonight what reckless words are? Come on, that's those words that you throw out in an argument that you know you shouldn't have said. It's those words that you throw out and as soon as they've gone, you want to take them back. Why? Because as soon as they leave your tongue, you know you had no business to even speak those things. Come on, reckless words. What do they do? They pierce like a sword. But the Bible says the tongue of the wise brings healing. Look at Proverbs 15 Verse 4, Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, A wholesome tongue or a tongue of healing is a tree of life, but perverseness in it, what? A tongue of perversion, what? Breaks the spirit. Here's the thought, my words can be a life-giving tree or my words can crush someone's spirit. You've seen it. Have you seen someone? Perhaps it's a kid on a basketball field or on a soccer field and they're playing their heart out and someone, a coach or a parent, shouts something on the sideline and you just see their spirit just... Just a word that's said just can crush someone, can destroy someone. And we've seen that by the words we say. Or by the words that we choose to take in and believe. As I was writing and preparing for this message, I began to look back and reflect on my life. And I ask you to do that for a few seconds tonight. Isn't it amazing when we look back and reflect upon our life? I wonder what the words were said to you that you remember the most. I wonder what words you remember the most as you look back on your life. Anyone with me remember the negative ones? Isn't it amazing how the negative ones jump higher back into your mind than the positive ones? Oh yeah, your teacher told you that you're a good kid and your parents told you this and that. But you know what plays in my mind a lot? Almost every time when I go to sit down and write any kind of message or any kind of devotion or anything like that, you know what plays through my mind? The words of a teacher when I was nine years old that in English looked at me and even wrote it on my book, never mind told me, they said, you have no imagination and you will never be able to write. You know how many times I battled with those words and I have to stop myself and say, hold on a second, that's a lie. But isn't it amazing that I've had to tell myself probably a hundred plus times that in even the last few years, that I have to remind myself. Why is that? Why do you think that is, that we suffer so much or we remember so much those negative words? Can I tell you why? Because Satan wants to dump his toxic waste into your water supply. Satan wants to take what's pure and what has the ability of life. He wants to dump his toxic waste into that. 
So instead of hearing and understanding the words of God over your life, we'll begin to believe the lies of a teacher, a neighbor, maybe a family member. Those words that can cause so much harm. We can't control what others say about us. The reality is we can't. I believe we can not give them reason to talk about us and I believe we can take the ammunition away. I think we're good at giving them ammunition for them to talk at us and that's a whole another message and another subject for another time but you better watch the ammunition you're given to people but you can't really control what people choose to say over you but you can choose to decide what you're going to believe and what you're not. So what am I going to believe? What am I going to take in? What am I going to accept? That's where you and I have the choice. We've got to guard our hearts. Solomon was educating his son and he was giving his son the wisdom. And he said to him in Proverbs 4.23, I believe it is. I don't have it up on the screen. But he says these, above all else, he said, guard your heart. For out of it springs the issues of life. From it sets the course of your life. Out of all the things that he could instruct his son in. He would say this, keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Because from it, Satan wants to pollute our hearts. Come on, he wants to get into us through the words that people have spoken into our lives. We've got to guard our hearts. We've got to do whatever it takes to keep that poison out of our hearts. You know, we've got to learn to categorize our words into two categories. It's only two categories. The first one is, is it truth? And the second one is this, is it trash? Is it truth or is it trash? And everything that's said to your life, you've got to learn to categorize it under one of those two things. Is it truth or is it trash? And then you've got to ask yourself these three questions. Are there words truth? Are there words based on Scripture? And are there words supported by data over time? Think about that. A lot of people can judge you for where you're at, but you know what? We need to be judged on the whole picture. So ask yourself, have they got the necessary data over a period of time? Ask yourself those questions. Break it down because it's very important. And if so, if you can say, yes, that's true. Yes, that's scriptural. Yes, they've got justification to do that because of the life and and things that I'm doing. Then guess what you do? You accept those things. But you know what? If it's not truth, if it's not scriptural, If it's not something supported by your life, guess what? Dump it fast before it pollutes your life. You know another great rule I think to live by is this. Each time you think of something good to say about someone, say it. Never rob someone of the blessings of an unspoken treasure. Come on, I think this is really important. If you're married, I think this is vital. I think this is vital for your marriage. When you think of something good to say, why not say it? Because we're sure good to say the things we don't like. I was reading a story today about a husband and wife that went to counseling. And the counselor asked, would you write down what you like of your spouse? And the man wrote down 12 positive things of his wife. 
And his wife looked and said, I don't know any. Isn't it sad that we're so quick to find the negative when we need to be looking for the positive and the good in everyone? We need to be looking for... In fact, the Bible tells us that. If all is possible, live at peace with all men. Is that not what the Bible says? As much as is possible with you, live at peace. What does that mean? Find the good in people. You know, and, and when there's good things to say, and when you're married and stuff, just text your wife. Text your husband. You know, I, I, I've been doing that a lot more with Kelly lately. Just, you know, thoughts come in my mind, how much I love her. And I just text her. And you know, I was just thinking how much I love you and how blessed I am. And I just want you to know that. You know what that does? That builds a relationship. Just wherever you're at, if it comes to mind, you know that you would turn around. I met Bishop one day and me and Bishop had, you know, something came in my spirit. And I looked at Bishop and I said, Bishop, you're the real deal. That was months ago I told Bishop that. And you know what? I talked to Bishop just the other day and he said, Philip, you know something that you've said to me I've never forgotten? I said, what's that, Bishop? He said, you told me I'm the real deal. I said, I sure did. Isn't that amazing? I could have robbed and taken something from him. Why? Because I didn't give words. When there's something nice to say, why don't we say it? Because if there's something bad, we're sure lining up to say that. Let's look for opportunities. It it builds strength in relationships. Come on. It creates blessings for someone else's life. Wow, you did a beautiful job. Wow, you've got a pretty smile. Wow, you've got beautiful eyes. Just opportunities just to say nice things to people. Thank you today. Have a blessed day. The opportunities we have. Look every day to build one another up with your words. As I begin to close this tonight, and really as AC tells me when I say we're about to close, that just means we've got about another five or ten minutes, AC. But tonight, there's perhaps another type of words that we have to address tonight. And that is what we call self-talk. Self-talk. You know what self-talk is? The words you say to yourself or about yourself to others. It's one thing to tear someone else down, but you know a big problem we have is self-talk. How we tear ourselves down and belittle ourselves and put ourselves down in others. I wrote down this thought. It's tough sometimes to be positive when you live with the problem. It's tough at times to live positive when you live with the problem. I'm not talking about your spouse now. I'm talking about you. Because how often do we perceive ourselves as being the problem ourselves? It's easy to fix someone else's problems because we can just suggest and then walk away. But we know the struggles we face. We know the hardships of our lives. And sometimes it's hard to be positive when you live with the problem. But I'm telling you, we need to start being positive. We need to start speaking life instead of death. Negative self-talk can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're taking notes, that's a powerful thing to write down. That negative self-talk can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Can literally speak what's going to happen in your life. 
I know what it's like coaching kids. I, I coach soccer right now. And one of the most annoying things that really frustrates me is when a kid gets the ball and he already tells himself before he kicked it, I'm not going to score a goal. He may still score a goal, but he's a lot less likely to score it because he's already told himself what? I'm not going to do it. You may miss the goal, but how much better is it to say, I'm going to score? At least then I believe you have a greater chance to do something than if you already tell yourself, I'm not going to make it. Come on, negative words can be a self-fulfilled prophecy that I can speak over my life. Craig Rochelle quotes this, and listen to this quote. Your words, whether externally spoken or internally absorbed, shape your future. When I read stuff like that, I'm like, man, why couldn't I have come up with something like that? It's really good. Your words, whether externally spoken, so whether you've spoken those, or guess what, or internally absorbed because you've spoken that over your life or you've allowed someone to speak that and you've taken those words in, guess what they'll do? They'll shape your future. So the challenge is with others. You know, there is a challenge with others, but the Greatest struggle can be with ourselves because we can almost shut off what other people say, but it's sometimes hard to shut off what we think and what we say over ourselves. Quickly, turn to 1 Samuel 17. This is one of my favorite chapters and stories in the Bible. David is going out to face Goliath. He's rejected Saul's armor. He says, I'm the one that can do this. He goes out and fights. And Goliath sees him, makes fun of him, mocks him, laughs at him. You're just, a, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And he ridicules him and he curses him by his gods. And he says, who are you? Who do you think you are? David, that moment, had a choice to begin to believe the words that he spoke. Well, he had the choice to believe the words that God had spoken over his life. And look what David said. David said in verse 45 and 46 of 1 Samuel 17, David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, you come to me with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you, what? In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled, the one you have spoken against. And David says to Goliath, this day, come on, say with me today. David spoke what powerful words. He said, this day, today, the Lord is going to deliver you into my hands. I'm going to strike you. And look what he says. And I'm going to take your head from your body. And he goes on to say, and all the earth will know what? That there is a God in Israel. He had the opportunity to say, oh my goodness, what did I get into? Man, he's big. He's even bigger when you're closer. He had the opportunity to destroy with the words he spoke, but he chose to say, hold on a second. You know the words you spoke? You're defiling God's temple because that's me. I'm the temple of God. You're defiling God, so that means you're defiling me. And guess what? This day, you're going to be the one that's going to come down because I'm going to be victorious over you. Think how our world would be if we could begin to live and speak like that. And then you know what David does after that? 
he then runs at the giant. I love that. You've got to give it up for David. He runs at the giant. I love his courage. I love his ability to see himself as God sees him and to believe the words that God had spoken over his life. And David uses those words to build his faith while facing what appeared to most people. In fact, what appeared to everyone apart from him and God that day was an unbeatable giant Goliath. Everyone else looked at that giant as being unbeatable except David and God. Like David, here's what every one of us must do. Tell your opposition, you are not bigger than my God. With God's help, I'm going to defeat you. Come on, I I had a thing on one of my mirrors in my house once. It said, instead of telling your God how big your problems are, start telling your problems how big your God is. (laughs) Good thought, huh? Instead of telling... God, how big your problems are. God, do you realize what? Stop telling your problems how big your God is. Listen to this. Don't talk about the mountain. Jesus said, talk to the mountain. Aren't we good about talking about the problems that we have? And the circumstances, start talking to them because Jesus said, you can speak to that mountain. And if you've got the faith to believe, guess what? It has to be cast forth. You know what a mountain is? A mountain is an opposition, is something that stands in way of your vision. Come on, have you ever seen the ocean standing behind a mountain? Have you ever seen beauty standing behind a mountain? No, why? Because a mountain is an obstacle in your way. You have a vision. God has a purpose for your life. And as long as there's mountains there, you're never going to see the place where God wants you to go. But by faith, you need to start speaking to those things so the way of your life can be clearly seen. Don't talk about your mountain. Talk to it. And just as we said last week, remember we said... You won't shape your life by good thoughts. You only shape your life by God thoughts. Remember we talked about that? One thing I want you to leave with today is I don't want you to think, well, I can just speak anything I want. I can just speak this and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. And it's going to have to happen because there's power in my words. You've got to realize this. Your words don't have more power than God's plan. Remember that. When you're speaking... You need to be speaking God's plan for your life. God's purpose. Because your words don't have more. I'm going to be a millionaire. If God doesn't plan for you to be a millionaire, you can speak it till you're blue in the face. But if it's not meant to be, it's not going to be. Don't force something to happen that's not the plan of God. Remember this. Beyond a shadow of doubt, God is a sovereign, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God. He does whatever He wants to do. And we need to agree with what God says. And we need to align our thoughts, guess what, to his thoughts. And you know what else? We need to align our words with his truth. Let me finish where we started. You have the power to create life through your words. You also have the ability to take life using the power of lethal words. You have the power to slay giants. And you have the power to lay down in front of them. You have the power to move mountains. And you have the power to curse 
them for being in your way. The choice is yours. It's all a matter of what you say and how you say it. Some powerful truths tonight. Got to watch the words we say. Got to watch the words we absorb. Because the words we say and the words we absorb is what's going to shape our lives. You've got to know who you are in God. You've got to know that you're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. And you've got to realize that I've got to re- get rid of that toxic, lethal language, those lethal words, and start speaking life. Well, Pastor Philip, it, it's miserable and it's depressed. Hey, listen, if there's nothing good to say. Say nothing at all. And look for things that you can say. Look for the positive in everything. Speak life and not death. Because your life is going to follow. The fruit of your life is going to follow the seeds that you have sown. If you're sowing seeds of death, you're going to reap fruit. And you know something about a seed? You can plant one seed in the ground. But you know what? The harvest you get is not just one seed. Huh? You can plant a little apple seed in the ground and you know what a tree is going to grow up and there won't just be one apple on that tree it's going to be many apples because the seeds we sow produce a whole lot more fruit back in our lives and that's why we've got to be careful because if we're sowing death we're going to reap a harvest of death but if we're sowing life come on the question tonight is what do you see it's not really a question of what do you speak because as we said last week it begins with a thought but then it goes to the next, and that's why we've got to be very careful because it's what we see will determine how we're going to speak. And we've got to start seeing through the eyes of God. We've got to start seeing a God that won't fail us and let us down. A God that is more than enough to bring us through. I'm telling you, you need to speak life and not death. I want Trey to come if he could and just play. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.